Previously, on our Kentucky Route Zero saga. I don't know what the hell we're playing, to be honest, and I'm, but I'm totally okay with it. Incredibly odd. You know, you play a character named Conway. He is an antique shop delivery man, and he has this really old truck that he's driving around in. Uh, I would describe it as Lynchian magical realism. The walls fall away, and you just see the horses in the backyard. Conway hurts his, hurts his leg in the middle of a rubble collapse or something along those lines. The next thing you see is your delivery truck full of antiques drive right through this portal without even asking a question. Welcome to episode 90 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Act 2 of Kentucky Route Zero. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him, his name is Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about another episode in a very strange and interesting game. Yeah, strange is the right word to say here. And our (laughs) second friend, uh, it'll be his third time now on the podcast, um, Adam Iannetta. Adam, welcome back. Good to be back. Third time's the charm. And we are here today to play episode two of Kentucky Route Zero, uh, developed by Cardboard Computer and published by Annapurna Interactive. This is the third part of our multi-part Kentucky Route Zero series. So if you're just picking it up here, you may want to go back to our Act 1 episode, listen to that first, and then come back. Uh, This episode will be here for you when you're ready. Uh, Gentlemen, last time we left off, uh, we had just entered a bizarre portal to what we assume is Kentucky. Kentucky Route Zero, uh, but you don't really end up on the road to start, do you? No, far from it. <laughs> so w- where the heck are we? We are, I, I can't actually remember the name of the, the building itself, but you're... Bureau of Reclaimed Spaces, is that it? I, I think that's it. Yes, and it is this very cinematic opening of uh, the character's Lulu Chamberlain, is that correct? Lula Chamberlain. Lula Chamberlain. Yeah. I'm sorry, I keep screwing this up. But uh, it opens with a very cinematic, tight, tight shot of Lula Chamberlain, I think, going over some notes. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but she, she kind of immediately gets into this, I don't want to say dialogue, but it's reading letters, reading uh, a, an application or a response to an application that she's put in to be featured. Um, and it essentially says like, I'm sorry, we have very high standards and you can't, you are not selected. We encourage you to apply again. And yet what I found was a pretty funny response where she says, I spent a whole 10 minutes photocopying things on my lunch. So very clearly I won't be able to apply next year as well. It's too much of a burden. Um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of this snarky, funny response to a pretty boilerplate standard rejection letter. Yeah, because she's actually applying for this like very prestigious art fellowship or scholarship. I don't remember which, um, but obviously related to limits and demonstrations, which we played a little while ago. Weird how that happened, huh? <laughs> it's almost like there's um, this weird tie between all of the, the stories. Timelines? What are those? Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but beyond getting her rejection, she then goes back to her very boring job of working with, as you said, reclaimed spaces. So you're given some really funny dialogue where it's like, hey, we want to convert X space into Y space. I don't know about you guys, but I thought that a lot of the writing here and only here uh, in this office was witty. I thought this office was so funny. This was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And there needs to be a TV series akin to NBC's The Office based around this environment. I just want to floor three with the bears. I just want a whole show with that. Why are there bears there? I I, genu- I don't know. I genuinely thought that was some sort of bureaucratic acronym, and I thought bears must clearly stand for something. It can't just <laughs> there can't just be a floor of bears. And I was wrong. I was I was one of the one of the happiest instances in my life where I've been proven wrong. Pleasantly discovering surprised. that there were bears on that floor. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we should probably do the setup after Lula has her back and forth, and and you come up with a response to it. Um, I think we end up getting back to Conway and Shannon and mm-hmm. they are at the front desk. Um, and I think they're, they're lost along the way and they realize, Oh, we should probably stop in here and get some, uh, get some directions. And they have this, I think pretty funny conversation of like, do you think we're on the inside or do you think we're on the outside? And uh, it kind of becomes I don't want to say a running joke, but it, it, it is something that comes up in the, the dialogue options a little bit later where you approach the front desk and you ask the receptionist or, or whoever's running the desk to, hey, uh, are we on the, the inside or the outside? And I think the response is like both. Like, are we are we not at both at the same time? It's very philosophical and, and sets up this really fun, or at least I found it fun, kind of philosophical comedy. Um, throughout throughout the episode or throughout the act, the the one thing I noticed with the dialogue here was that you know, as far as Act One was concerned, I had mentioned previously that I was never allowed to ask the question that was genuinely on my mind, like what's going on or <laughs> why is any of this happening right now. It was always some sort of non sequitur about oh, do you like poetry or something like that. And this time it was I was actually pleasantly surprised to see that a lot of the responses that I was given as options were actually very close to what I wanted to know. It's how do I get from here to there? That's all I want to know. Or what is this place? Or how does any of this work? And I mean, oftentimes the people would answer back with some sort of weird philosophical. Well, you you know, in in order to to navigate the zero, you need to drive with intention, but you also don't. (laughs) And I, I just kept thinking, okay, the zero is akin to Harry Potter's um, The Room of Requirement, where you just, you need to be looking for something very specifically in order to get to where you're going to. And I, I don't know if it was Conway or Shannon or the dog that thought, I think we just need a bureaucratic nightmare. That's all we need right <laughs> now. Because that's that's where we ended up. This is This is a bureaucratic nightmare where we are right now. And... That's that. That's basically what happens. You know, the secretary tells you, "Oh, you you need to go to floor five first. and I mean, you you navigate this five tier office, which is also inhabited by bears, on the third <laughs> floor, and uh, they they then tell you, "Oh, uh, Lula's not here. You need to go down." And then you know, Lula tells you, "Well, you'll need to get this paperwork." And it's it's just, I mean, I, I feel like I'm filing for CRA 
like documents or things right now. So. <laughs> yes, painful, painful. It the really the whole the episode, tax man's the whole, gonna get you. <laughs> the whole <laughs> the whole act is about the comedy of bureaucracy that you you only really need directions from one specific person and you know that they're there. But you can't even just go up to them and ask them for the directions. You have to jump through a bunch of different hoops, hop from floor to floor to floor, uh, drive out and then drive back. All so that way you can find the five dogwood drive to make your last delivery. Um, and and the, the real comedy with the bears, I think we, we set it up, but we didn't actually explain why it's so funny. Once you get past Marianne, the receptionist, and she tells you, oh, you, you know, unfortunately no one's available except for uh lula chamberlain um you know I'll, I'll set up an appointment for you right now you'll have to go up you know to the what is it second or, or fifth well they floor say the fifth like floor that. but she's actually on the first floor right that's what it is mm-hmm. and so when you get into the elevator it lists off to you what's on the different floors and it's on floor three that it just says bears and <laughs> yep. you're like well uh okay and you go up to the fifth floor and as the elevator moves up you just see a whole floor of <laughs> they look like brown bears yep. that are all just, they look over to the, the elevator as it's, you know, passing passing by on the floor, and then they look back away. And you're just, I couldn't help but smile and laugh to myself that it was so absurd, but so, like, unexpected and funny. Which was a, the exact same reaction as the... Uh, as the other floor where they're having a conference and the same, the people just turn around and they look at you exactly like the bears did. <laughs> it's it's like the, the deadpan stare from the Simpsons when uh, Homer goes to pick up Maggie from the, the, the nursery and it's just this room of just nothing but babies and they're all just staring at you deadpan, just following you with their eyes. It's it's very unsettling and I and I kept telling myself thank goodness you know this is a uh, a point and click adventure game because I I can safely say I do not think I'm going to have to fight a bear in this game <laughs> or you know defend myself from a bear attack because of the way this game works. <laughs> did you guys go to the floor with the bears? I did. I had I had to do it. So and what happens just, when you go? Cuz absolutely not. nothing. It's it's literally just the doors open and the bears just slowly follow your eyes from one way to the other as you make your way across. There's nothing really interactive in there. It's not like you get the option to, you know, pet the bear or feed the bear or anything like that. You just, you go in and you realize, well, there's nothing here for me. And then you, you exit. You end up jumping through a bunch of hoops um, to, to find Lula Chamberlain. Um, what the, the character that I was playing, the Conway that I was... Um, as soon as she told me that I had to go other places or I had to fill out other paperwork first, I think the dialogue choice I said, but like, but what if I didn't like, <laughs> can we just not, can we not jump? You were trying to Obi-Wan and... Kenobi him and just be like, I will not fill out yeah. any paperwork today. <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. That's um, right. and Yes. So I, I, and it actually worked. They, I, what I assume is I allowed, allowed me to skip a lot of the busy work that would have been in this level or game. What? Um, which I think is very smart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did have to go up to the floor, uh, floor, I think it is for records. Um, and you know, the, you, you find that they have the most inane filing stupid system. way to organ. Yes. It's, it's <laughs> alphabetical, but also related to category. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so automotive works because there's also cars, 
um vehicles boats, yeah, yeah it's, stuff like that i'm like of course it's, you um, would uh-huh it's it's very much like uh oh did you guys ever read the the series of unfortunate events by lemony snicket there's, i think i read there, one or two of them there there's one book right towards the end where the the baudelaire orphans find themselves in this library with like an equally just anxiety inducing uh filing system where you know they're like oh we're trying to figure out um or we're trying to find information on the baudelaire house fire well it might be under b for baudelaire but it could be under h for house or it could be under f for fire so we're gonna have to check all three. So <laughs> maddening, maddening. So yeah, I think I think they they made the comedy of jumping through these bureaucratic hoops pretty funny. Um, and then if you didn't find that funny, you you'd be hard. I think we're hard pressed to find someone who didn't find the unexpected bears on the third floor also pretty funny. <laughs> I th- um, I think for they, for me this is like easily my highlight of the episode uh, because it's fair to say that my interest in the episode continued to go down immediately after this really I mean, it, it was such a high point yeah <laughs> it, might i say after that this episode bad but we'll get to that later on once you get a sense of um you know where you need to go and what you need to do they actually bring up a really good point which was oh uh all of these roads had the same name at one point or a bunch of roads where dog would drive at some point and now that we have computers this is actually an issue because you can't have multiple dogwood drives without them being solved and it actually got me thinking really deeply about like uh google maps and how they actually solve that issue uh, but they they end up finding a way. So the the point being, they renamed a bunch of these roads with different adjectives or adverbs um, to to make them unique. And you needed to figure out which five dogwood drive you needed to get to. So you go, you you end up finding the info. You go down, and uh, I think it's Marianne, the receptionist, that tells you that you should probably go see. Is it Doctor Turner? Doctor Truman. Doctor Truman. Truman. Right, like the Truman mm-hmm. Show. That's right. Yes. And so uh, you begin the quest to, to go out onto the road to find the dogwood drive that you need to. Um, and then ultimately, Dr. Truman, um, where what what leads us on this quest? Where do we need to go? Well, like there's there's two things, right? It's like you should go see Dr. Truman because you'll like bad. Uh, and even <laughs> I found the walking speed was like painfully slow and i get it so slow. his leg is broken but like do you have to do that to the player i digress um you're also said uh, one of the other things lula is like hey you need to go to this church because at this church we have some records that you may want to go find because your records may be there uh, and at that point you get on the zero to either find the records or visit dr truman and uh, apparently the the congregation of this church used to live inside of this cave that was that is now the office and you know these bureaucratic type people literally came in and said well this is nice we're gonna have to kick you out now but don't worry we're gonna move your church to this giant industrial storage unit and the the entire congregation just left and now they all live within this storage unit or at least they go there for service and the I think one of the one of the strangest things was, you know, up until now, I knew I was navigating or I knew I was navigating Kentucky or at least an artist's interpretation of Kentucky. And Marianne gives you the strangest directions to get there and simply says, "Um, so you're going to drive until you get to the crystal and then just (laughs) make your way back from whence you came. 
And I, I thought to myself, okay, well, I know I've already seen a burning tree, so a crystal's going to be nothing. Can you can you but, take a step back and, like, describe what Root Zero is? Because I think for anyone that's maybe not seeing it, it's bizarre. It's it's like a donut, right, essentially? Yeah, it almost... It, it's Is it, it a wormhole? Is it a... Yes! That's exactly it, what I was thinking. It's, of, like a, it's like a cave system that's infinite because it's completely circular and it seems kind of like it's sound waves and that like it kind of has a rippling effect as you go through it exactly Uh, because go ahead no no go go for it adam well the the one thing i noticed was when you go to when you finally find the crystal um you get this option to click which is like i'm assuming it's a it's a frequency or a wavelength it's just a series of numbers and as soon as you click that it changes your route so the way you you first came is now completely different and then you then end up at the storage unit where the the office once was so it's completely changed because you've now hopped on to a different wavelength and it just uh, i'm we're, we're not in kentucky anymore so uh just just one quick digression uh did you guys go into your inventory at all during your travels on route zero I no, did. I did not. Okay, what did you find in your inventory, Michael? Mm, I don't think anything out of the usual. I had the 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 twenty sided die for the 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 three that were playing in the basement. I had the notebook, and then there was the postcard that I still don't think I understood. It's got a, a drawing on the back uh, or a diagram on the back. Okay. Uh, well, you may have also been handed a flyer or a brochure. Of some of the beautiful yes. places that you can visit along the zero. Oh, now I want to totally forgot. Now about I want to know: Did you flip to the back Ooh. of that brochure? I honestly don't remember. Well, if you flip to the back of the brochure, you were treated with a phone number that is a an actual Kentucky phone number that I'm so excited right I now. I am going to dial for you right now. Suspense is killing. You have dialed into here and there along the echo, a guide to the Echo River for drifters and pilgrims. This guide is a public service provided by the Bureau of Secret Tourism. And so it goes on and on like that. Uh, you can dial That's certain so cool. spaces. There's a, there's one option where it's like, are you holding a snake right now? If you're holding a snake right now, dial four. And it like oh gives God. you descriptions <laughs> of some of the places that you can visit. And also, there's some weird options in there. I, I implore you, if you're playing this, dial the number on the back and, and play with that voice. It's it's a little it's it's very fun to play with for a little while. Do they say anything about bears? Uh, nothing about bears, only snakes. Well, I'm gonna have to try find it myself. <laughs> uh, so now that I derailed the conversation completely uh, with a phone number, uh, <laughs> I thought that was super cool, and I do remember that brochure now that you mention it. But yeah. I absolutely did not go to any of those because I was so laser focused on completing the, the, the act. And I liked how in the last episode, I I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm a guy who's just trying to get through things as, as quickly as possible. Uh, but yet I dialed this, this phone number, um, which is actually based in Gracie, Kentucky. So there you go. An- another, another weird one for you. That did is you- hilarious. 
did you go to any of the different directions on the on the on the map that they give you uh i had a real rough time navigating like the zero uh the zero it, that to me was the worst <laughs> i'm like can i not just go where i want to go i don't want to like go to the crystal move back find the goggles <laughs> turn around do a 360 it that was really frustrating for me so probably not the right guy to ask I, I was Adam? actually the same way i was a little crunched for time uh when i was playing the game so i i just kind of told myself okay you can do a little bit of exploring but you know don't get too carried away um so i just as soon as i found the crystal i kind of just told myself i'm sure this could go on forever with puzzles and misdirection so i just i need to get to where i'm going right now <laughs> the infinite possibilities there the the huge amount of places that they could take me got me really laser focused on making sure i did not get lost um so so i ended up you know completing that as as much as i could um so once you get to the storage space which is now the church and the the bureau of reclaim services is in the former church you meet a janitor who uh hears who finds all the tapes of the past sermons and i think you essentially ask him for directions uh, if if i remember correctly um while Shannon goes off to find those, you have a conversation with him and you get to choose like what type of conversation are you going to have? Are you going to have something very surface level? Um, are you going to try and go deep or are you just going to be pleasant? And uh, the conversation that I had with the, the janitor was like, tell me, tell me about faith. Like, are, is this something you believe in? Like, are you part of the congregation? Do they come here still? And what you end up finding out is that as soon as they moved here, people stopped coming to the church, which, um, to me, I found, again, kind of funny. I, not like funny haha on its face. There's a floor of bears. <laughs> uh, but funny in that, like, you know, a church is supposed to be more than just the building it's in. A church is supposed to be the body of people that go there. And I think it was funny that as soon as they lost the building, they lost the body of people that went there. I, I took this whole, that whole thing I interpreted as like a gentrification thing because like, they had their space taken and they were moved to this industrial park that they didn't ask to be a part of. So I was like, is this kind of like a uh, a way that he's describing what happens to people when they're gentrified out of their communities? But um, I guess to each their own in that respect. I was actually really curious because I know up until this point, you, you have the option to respond either as Conway or as Shannon throughout this point of the game. And I was curious if there was the option to actually play as Shannon and go into the uh, actual storage units and try and figure out what's going on. And I kind of thought to myself, oh, I must have just picked Conway's adventure instead of Shannon's. And so now I'm just kind of peer chatting with him. So I was really curious, do you know if there is an option to actually play as Shannon and go inside the, uh, I guess, the, the catacombs of the storage unit and try and find the document? Or are you just, whatever you choose, you're always... Uh, here with Conway discussing faith and uh, you know the responsibilities of this janitor to every night replay these recordings of the the church sermons <laughs> yeah I don't think you have a choice I think Shannon just goes down to the basement to search for the records or goes to search for the records while you have this conversation with him um, but you know again I, I'm not sure if it would be a huge difference between whether you play Shannon uh, having the conversation or Conway having the conversation, I think um, it might just make more narrative sense to, mm -hmm. you know, keep Conway moving less. Cause I think that's actually the impetus, or I think that's actually the crux of it that um, his legs really hurt and he can't really move. And Shannon's like, I'm just going to go do well, this. You stay doesn't here. Doesn't Conway black out? 
Oh, you're yeah. right. He just does. as you're leaving. Yeah. Just as you're leaving. He blacks out, and that's when Shannon's like, "Hey, we should probably go see Doctor Truman because your, your leg's bad." And uh, <laughs> instead, you go back to the bureau, find out that everything you need has been processed without you, and that now I guess you should really find Doctor Truman, who, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, is at the Museum of Dwellings. Correct. Well, originally, that's that's where his home address was but once you get there you realize that his home is gone and now they've erected this museum there in its place which is the museums of dwellings which is actually probably my favorite location second to just the third floor with bears <laughs> um, but 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 probably my favorite location within this entire game uh because it is it is essentially like it it is literally what it is it is a museum where everything that is on exhibit to see is just different manners of dwellings, people's houses, and the the various forms they come in. There's a bird cage. There's a tent. There's uh there's an old a houseboat. Without there, any there's water. a houseboat. There's uh there's like a train car similar to like like you know like uh, a hobo would ride during the night or something. A rail like car. That. And the 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 other reason why I loved this this scene so much in this environment was that you are no longer playing as either Shannon or Conway, you are now playing as, at least from, from what I gathered, you're playing as the residents who still live inside these dwellings inside the museum itself. Yeah, there's this real disconnect between what you, the character, are doing and the dialogue that you're receiving. Um, and it sounds as if, I don't know if you guys got the same vibe, that it was secure, the security team or some team that works at the museum that was intentionally dip duck dodging and, and diving you the whole way through and not wanting to talk to you while you went from house to house to house or dwelling dwelling to dwelling within this museum <laughs> to talk to the different people to find out where Mr. Truman was or Dr. Truman. Um, and the first person you talk with, or at least the first person I talked with, was uh, a woman that was living on a houseboat on <laughs> land. And she ends up like commenting on the fact that she at least wished that, you know, it would sway a bit for her because she had always dreamed on living on a houseboat. So at least her dreams were made true. Um, which again, like everything in, in this was kind of comedic unintentionally or, or, or some type of dark comedy without being too, too dark. Um, and you go from house to house to, or again, dwelling to dwelling to dwelling. Um, and I just, I love the atmosphere of this environment. It's, it's absolutely pouring outside. You can, open up your umbrella indoors and everyone has a comment about it. Um, and you end up moving closer and closer and you're again, it's one of those things that reminded me so much of Pynchon and gravity's rainbow that it was, um, you know, you're getting the story as the, the person who's watching it as the person who's playing the game, but your character isn't, always the one that's telling you the story you get the story from other people who are observing your character you get story from the narrator um you get story from what you're reading versus what anyone's saying uh and then you get story based on you know the the dialogue and the choices you make so i i this is the moment that struck me the most as like very pinchonesque so as as you work your way up from dwelling to dwelling to dwelling you see the house of the future and then you see um, uh, the greenhouses and all throughout in the background of this 
massively storming, um, you know, museum just outside of it. Um, you're seeing, or at least I was seeing this gigantic eagle. I thought it was, was a pterodactyl. Yeah, it was huge. And I could not figure out what it was other than just a giant bird. And it made me deeply unsettled because you could just see like the silhouette or the shadow of it. And I couldn't quite tell what was in its talons, but it looked like it was grabbing stuff or flying away with hmm. stuff. Um, and when you get to the top, you meet a kid named Ezra uh, who talks about his his fun with uh, his friend Julian who you come to find out is the eagle um, and how they've been taking houses and bringing them out into the woods because living in the museum is too creepy um, and too unsettling. So people go take these houses and move out there. One other thing that I did not mention before we move on about this museum that I thought was so funny is that they destroyed all of the houses that were on this land and then gave anyone who lived in those houses a dwelling inside the museum for them to live in, which was just again so like deeply dark and comedic. I thought it was so so funny. Do you think the eagle represents something? Ooh, I I'm have sure no it idea. does. As the eagle takes dwellings away, or takes people away, and puts them in the forest. I think that's too smart for it not to. But like, I honestly, I don't know what it would mean. Like, eagle often represents America. That's um, literally what I was thinking. I was like, I'm like, is the eagle okay. America? Unpack it for me. <sighs> Again, I, I I don't claim to know much here, but my thought was like we I talked about people being disrupted and moved from their place of living when it came to the church, or not their place of living, but their place of worship. So my thought was like, is this eagle a representation of America and how Americans are typically forced to move to lower income areas if they aren't making enough money? But I, I just like it didn't make sense to me because it, it went from, you know, uh, you know, a houseboat or a small house out to the forest that would typically cost more money, which doesn't really work here. So I'm really puzzled, to be honest with you. I don't know what the eagle represents here. It has to represent something. Why isn't it just a, a human or another? Like, that is a very specific representation there. The only other thing that I can think of is that um, in... I, I have a buddy who's a big, like, Lord of the Rings Tolkien fan, and he, he used to talk about how Tolkien... Um, he always had certain codes that he would use in his literature, and I guess the eagle all was always his way of putting in sort of a deus ex machina moment in his books. So, like, the moment when um, Gandalf is trapped at the top of the tower and basically looks like, you know, this is going to be the end of him, and, you know, the eagle comes and saves him. That's his deus ex machina moment where, you know, it was the trump card and the safe fail. So, I don't... Or the fail safe. I, I don't know what that has to do with this, um, but it, um, I, I'm but, just as confused as you guys. So, so when it comes to this I, bird, what I would love is if you have any ideas to drop them in the discord, we've got a, um, a show discussion channel. I would love to hear what people think this, this is or what it means because I am also stumped just like the guys, like it definitely means something. I just don't know what it Yeah, means. you can find the link to that at leftbehindgame.club. Once you have this conversation with Ezra, and he talks about his friend Julian and how, oh yeah, I know where Dr. Truman is. He's out he's out there. Um let's just I was about to leave right now with Julian and we were gonna go find him or talk with him. Like that. 
the screen kind of flashes dark and there's like a, a strike of lightning. And when the flash happens, you see Julian is this eagle that just <laughs> picks you up in his talons and just starts flying. And then you have control of the map similar to what you had in Kentucky before when you were driving along the routes. Only now you're just in motion. You are this giant eagle flapping his wings above Kentucky in perpetual motion. And, and you need to follow the Green River, I think it is, um, mm-hmm. and then hop the lake towards the, the forest. And I was so amazed, and I don't know why, uh, at how big the map is and how far you have to fly before you get to the forest where, where everyone was brought to. Um, but I loved the surprise of this moment. I thought it was really great. I thought it was kind of fun and an interesting way to change things up. Um, instead of, you know, riding on the grid or on the rails of the road, you got to kind of go freeform and, and find things along the way. Um, but, uh, but yeah, once you, once you finally go on this long journey, follow the river, hop the lake, um, you find the forest and you touch down and, get into one of i think the most visually and auditorily beautiful scenes in a game especially this game well you you basically when you when you finally land in the forest uh up until this point you know you've been primarily playing as conway and and shannon but now you're actually in control of ezra who is actually walking alongside your dog and rather than what we've seen in previous scenes where it's a pre-established setting and you can kind of point and click um, to specific areas, your options are really just left and right. And when you choose to go right, you're actually, I mean, you are moving through the forest, but you're also moving through a bit of an elapsed timeline of events that occur between Shannon and Conway. And, you know, the first is that Conway is there and he his leg is really bad at this point and he can barely walk. And Shannon and Conway have their dialogue, but then you as Ezra get to have your own dialogue. And it's actually, it's one of the most endearing moments in this game thus far because you know, you are you are playing this child and as such, you you have the mind and uh, dialogue options that a child might say. They're just, they're so fun-loving and, mm-hmm. you know, he, he pets the dog innocent. and he thinks... In- innocent, absolutely. You know, he, he pets the dog and thinks to himself, oh, you know, I've, I've always wanted a dog. Maybe maybe you'll be my new best friend and things like that. And it was it was, <laughs> it was was a breath of fresh air compared to all of the uh, deep philosophical, you, you have to go with intention, but then also don't. And uh, sort of, do you like poetry? And sometimes I just want to pet a dog. <laughs> that's that's all I want to do. Sometimes, sometimes I just want to pet the dog. So, I what I loved about this scene so much was that the way that you make progress is simply running left to right, like is very typical in in video game design. But um, what they've kind of done is I'm blanking on the exact term of it, but um, it, it's it's kind of like a uh, the 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 trees move one direction, you move another, and the background moves a different direction. And you just keep resetting to the left-hand side of the screen. But clearly time has passed and there's progress being made. And at each point, Conway is kind of, you know, stuck and tired and, and realizing like, oh, man, like, I don't, I really don't want to go further. How much further do I have to go? And they give you, a, at least for me, a real sense of, oh, man, like we've been making progress. And throughout all of this, there's this 
at least I found it really beautiful music in the background. And it, mm-hmm. you kind of get glimpses of it as you're running across it. Someone's standing in the woods playing this music, not far off as you're running. Uh, it was just such a, I loved it. It was such a beautiful, beautiful moment in an episode that did not signal to me. It was going to be this way. And in a game that signaled, it was going to be way more darker and uh, ominous than this. I, I just had, two thoughts and the first was i could have swore ezra changed heights at some point and maybe that was just my eyes or the way my character moved across the screen very quickly i was kind of like by the time we got here i'm like what the heck am i playing this episode in particular like there was a lot of tonal whiplash or maybe not tonal whiplash but like location and setting whiplash throughout besides changing characters that really kind of got me but my thought was they developed this game over like a seven or eight year period, right? So I almost wonder sometimes, especially with these earlier episodes, if the earlier episodes are totally going to match what we see later in the game. Like if they had it completely 100% sketched out from the beginning, because I would hearken to guess that that's not the case. That maybe the game changed, you know, angles, maybe a little bit as time went on. It makes a lot of sense to me. I'd, I'd love to actually figure that out and like, you know, actually sit down with the developers and ask them, okay, did you guys know exactly what you wanted to do as soon as you, you know, kind of like J.K. Rowling with Harry Potter, where, you know, she, she says to herself before she even finished, starts the first book, I know exactly how the seventh book is going to end. Do, do you think it was something like that? Or was it just kind of a, you know, even writing this was their own choose your own adventure kind of thing. Okay, guys, so heads, this is the way it goes. Tails, it goes. Yeah, this I think way, they knew so. the story they wanted to tell, but maybe maybe they they uh, changed along the path. But again, we we don't know because I don't know what the hell's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> You're among friends there. Jeez. Um. So after all of that background shifting, I think you finally end up finding Doctor Truman in his home. Correct. And in the home, you have yeah, a conversation. Yes. Um, Ezra and Shannon are in the house, and uh, Conway is having a, a conversation with Truman. And all that I got from that conversation is that um, he's a doctor, and he has a lot of debt. And because he has a lot of debt, he's kind of signed a, a deal with the devil. The devil, in this case, being a pharmaceutical company, and he's big, big pharma, pharma got, got him good, <laughs> and he now has to like rep this drug. And he, the, the funniest part of the writing for me was he's like, yeah, I gotta rep this dumb drug called neuro neuro, what is it, neuropinol, neuropinol. Something yeah, like neuropinol. 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 And then he's like, ah, it's dumb. And then he goes on to tell all about the, the wonderful benefits that you'll get of out of having this drug. <laughs> I, I love that he's like, yeah, I'm just going to put you under a general anesthetic and you're going to count down from five. And then as soon as you start countdowning from five and like the, the words get really blurry, he's like, okay, great. Now, is this a good time to talk about billing? Because, uh, you know, X, yeah. Y, and Z... I died. This is I thought that was so funny. I yeah, this is America. Um, Stereotypical. I doctor. thought that was so funny. I thought that was so really well done. I I thought it was on point. I thought it was totally fantastic. I really did enjoy this episode because that that's where it leads leads leaves off. Um, this episode for me was so much better than the first. The first I felt like oh this is going to be really dark and 
kind of scary and ominous and even though it's all being conveyed through text it's just way too cryptic and and not something i'm going to be into but the the real like i guess what i'll call pinchonesque comedy of this this act or this episode um really brought me back in and made me excited to to keep playing yeah i think for me like i i had no clue where this game was going and i think it's fair for me to say that i didn't get it until i played the next interlude which we'll be talking about on our next episode called the entertainment i didn't really understand what the main theme of this whole thing was going to be but as soon as i got there i'm like i think i know what this story is about now but i don't think i should say it on this podcast you'll have to tune into the next episode adam do you have any any final thoughts there you know for me the way this game has been going it's it's completely over my head as far as, you know, my predictions. And I could never fathom any sort of idea that I, I have a clear understanding of where this game is going or not even just like a little hint of an idea. And so I just, I love being surprised by what it is that they're throwing at you from time to time. And even, you know, having the chance to, to finish a chapter and think to myself, what was that? And then, you know, having the chance to go on to the, um, the fan wiki that has like this cult following has built and just dig deeper into the uh, into the mystery of this game and just go further and further down the rabbit hole so i'm i'm very excited to see uh where we go on this on this trip through kentucky michael do you have any other other thoughts um so far this is the highlight i've really enjoyed i've really enjoyed this episode as much as there were some <laughs> You know, setups at the beginning that made me think it was going to be painful, uh, bureaucracy simulator. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm way more into the story now, and I'm excited to see where it goes. These these interludes, I think, were important in setting up the you know the episode. Yeah, I think my final point is uh, I like the first the first act better, and you know the, maybe some of the interludes. This one just kind of lost me a little bit in the middle and I didn't like navigating with the eagle or navigating the zero. I felt that that was really frustrating, but I'm very curious to see where this is going and you're going to have to find out where it goes on our next episodes of the Left Behind Game Club. And that is everything that we have to say about Act 2 of Kentucky Route Zero. If you want to find out more about the Left Behind Game Club, you can do so at leftbehindgame.club. On that website, we have a link to our Discord channel where you can talk about Kentucky Route Zero and how bat... What did you say? Sugared water iced tea? What do you say? Sugar honey iced tea. Sugar honey iced tea is going on in this game. Uh, You can join our Discord, do that. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at Left Behind Club and on Instagram at Left Behind Game Club. Uh, You can find all of my stuff at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms and at jacobmccord.com. I make YouTube videos now, so if you want to check those out, you can check those out at youtube.com slash Jacob McCord Adam. The third time is the charm. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, If people want to find your work on the internet, where can they do so? Uh, you can find me on floor three with the bears. Very good, Michael. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> no. Actually, the uh, the best place for people to reach me is uh, just via my website adamayaneta.ca. It's my online professional profile for my work as a singer. But uh, just as passionate as I am about singing, I am equally passionate about video games and talking with wonderful people like yourselves about great games. People can find me online on most social places at rufalom or michaelrufalo.com. It's under construction, but you know. Maybe it'll be up by the time this launches. Um, and you can find me in the Discord server talking about the craziness of this game. Uh, go to leftbehindgame.club and click on the big join the Discord button. 
And Michael, what do we say to him to end the episode? And that, my friends, is one less episode left behind.